Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, January 22nd, we look at Lesson 4, Jesus, Our Faithful Brother. With special honored guest, Pastor Michael Gibson, we'll see how Jesus redeemed us as fully God and fully man. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 4. Uh, excited about this one, Jesus, Our Faithful Brother. And uh, today we actually, before we read our memory text, we have a special guest with us today. Pastor Michael Gibson. Hey, everybody. Yes. Uh, want to tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man. Um, I My name is Michael Gibson, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm the pastor for young adults here at the Keene Seventh-day Adventist Church, also an adjunct faculty member over at Southwestern University, so Adventist University. So I get to work with you guys. Uh, yes, yeah, so you work, work closely with the chaplaincy uh, at the university as well. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So involved there. Um, and teaching a very popular class right now. Apparently. Yes, yeah. It was packed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> need to find, uh, my mantra is that there's always room for one more, and I feel like I need to find a bigger room for that class because there's not really room for one more. There but. you go. There you go. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll make that happen, right? <laughs> Uh, so as we're beginning here, uh, just want to say thank you so much for Michael opening up his schedule. Michael Gibson it is. We have two Michaels with us. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and he's the one that's making uh, the podcasting room here at the church available. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, he's a visionary. It caused yep. us to happen along with his lead team uh, for Elevate. Yeah. And so just yeah. uh, glad that we were able to mm-hmm. to use this room, but also have his knowledge and wisdom with us today. Yeah, absolutely. No, my so, pleasure to be here. And so our, our memory text today comes from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, uh, it says also he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Mm. Amen. God wins in the end. We can drop the mic and leave, right? Yeah, I think exactly. I think we're done here, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I love that this uh, continues on. It's talking about everything that Jesus is mm-hmm. and who he is for us. And so Sunday's lesson begins uh, talking about the brother as a redeemer. Yeah, so we're going back to Levitical law here, right? So just kind of trying to figure out, uh, you know, what happens when things go wrong in society. And in Mm -hmm. this case, if somebody really uh, has a terrible misfortune, uh, stuff happens. And sometimes life sucks. That's just the reality of it. I'm thinking of one of my best friend's. Uh, And as we're recording, it's been fairly recently, just uh, the last week, his home was in the fires in Boulder in in harm's way and burned to the ground. I mean, down to the washing machine and dryer, a puddle of metal on the basement floor. If you can just imagine just hundreds of homes gone, just like like that. What happens when disaster strikes? And we're certainly very thankful for insurance today, but there Mm -hmm. was no insurance in the ancient Israelites. So, you know... Uh, there's a sort of a redemption system where if someone gets so bad that they're sold off into slavery, which is what would have happened in the ancient cultures, right? Yeah. Uh, that that there's a process of redemption. So yeah, I um, love the. What do you think, Michael? The the kind of concept of the economic reset. You know, yeah. in the world that we live in today, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah. And it seems like there's more more and more of a divide in mm. in that today. Uh, but that concept of the year of Jubilee uh, yeah. and every 50 years, there's just a complete economic reset. 
that land goes back to the original owner, property goes back to the original owner. Mm. And so you're never indebted for life to yeah. to yeah. someone because mm. of the bad circumstance that that came about. Uh, and not to mention like how uh, like uh, MCU is it to have like an Avenger of blood? Like, Ooh. you know, if you were Ooh. to the, uh, like if you, if someone uh, killed a member of your family and murdered them yeah. and now you are the closest kin and now you are the Avenger of blood Ouch. and that, not that you're hoping for that, like you don't want your family member to die, mm-hmm. but it would give you cause if you even thought of murdering someone else mm-hmm. of like, oh, there's going to be a target on my back mm-hmm. that somebody's going to be coming towards me. And so I think God in his wisdom established uh, those those boundaries for the children of Israel yeah. uh, to, to help reset their economy and then also their kind of familial relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. And I also think it's kind of important to point out, and I think the lesson's trying to move and segue this uh, kind of reset, but then who does that reset? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And we see that here in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses 14 to 16. Um, I know I'm kind of, I didn't ask you ahead of time, but, you know, Michael, why, why don't you read that for us? Hebrews chapter 2, 14 to 16. This is a New American Standard Bible. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. In verse 16, for assuredly he does not give... uh, for assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Amen. Yeah. Well, I just, I find that such a beautiful passage because, you know, you're talking about this great reset, but then Jesus is the, uh, the, the uh, has the ability to cause that great reset mm-hmm. that we all need both individually and, and collectively. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful promise here that we keep coming back to in this book of Hebrews, you yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, and he's the ultimate avenger of blood. This is true. Exactly. And he brings about the ultimate year of Jubilee. Like everything gets reset. And because of what he did mm-hmm. uh, and the lesson will kind of, we'll, I think we'll get to it in the, in the coming days, but the, the joining of human DNA with divine DNA. Right. And Jesus mm-hmm. becoming one of us. Yes. Yeah. Gives him yeah. the authority in this world to reclaim us because we're next of kin. Amen. Mm. Uh, so if I hear you right, he is not only the resetter, but also the trendsetter, right? Mm. So he, yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. and then I like set that. the trend of yes. how we should go as exactly. well. Exactly. So I love it. Yeah. Well, building on that, it says, not ashamed to call them brothers. Uh, oh. Tell us what happens next. You know, th- this one uh, actually goes to Hebrews 11, a little bit different. Okay. And it talks to us a little bit about how Moses' story actually shows what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And it, it says this, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, hmm. esteeming the reproach of Christ greater uh, of Christ, uh, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Mm. And we see here what Moses chose to do and what Jesus decided to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it will be awesome and at the same time heartbreaking to hear yeah. one day the story of Christ when he tells us face to face what it took, what he gave up in order mm. to become 
like us. Yeah. When we look at the scars in his hand, mm-hmm. as the constant, re- the the eternal reminder mm-hmm. of his sacrifice for us, and realize what he gave up in order to save us. Yeah. And yeah, how much we took it for granted uh, yeah. to look back on our lives and say, man, if if I I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, the right? travesty yeah. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it's like that that uh, that old adage when your parents say, "Wait till one day you have kids," and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," <laughs> and then you actually have kids, and you're like, "Oh no!" Like, yeah. <laughs> mom, yeah. dad, you're right. Or wait till you own your own home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, "Oh man, forget these doors. I'll just slam them." And now I'm like, "Hey, don't slam the doors, right? <laughs> Turn the lights off. You don't have to pay the bill." Because because I yeah. I thought I knew, but I didn't know until I experienced it, or until I I actually got to see it face to face, right? Exactly. And and yeah. so and then it comes across to this, and I, I'll leave this to to Michael to add us uh, add a little bit more here. But it says, "What does God ask from us?" In Hebrews ten thirty two and thirty three, Michael, can I get you to read that? And I'll read Second uh, Timothy uh, one eight and twelve. All right, uh, Matthew ten thirty two and thirty three. Yes, okay. thirty-two, thirty-three. Okay, let me pull that up. I'm flipping my uh, physical Bible here. Yeah, no worries, scroll, no worries scroll, there. Scroll. And right. as he's turning there, once again, this is asking what is God, uh, what does God ask from us? Recognizing that Jesus is not ashamed to to call them brothers, right? And so, w- with that adage in mind, go ahead, go ahead, Michael. All right, Matthew ten uh, verses thirty-two and thirty-three. Therefore. Everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men will also deny me before my Father who is in heaven. Ooh. Mm. And then <clears throat> Hebrews, uh, I mean, not Hebrews, First, uh, 2 Timothy chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8 and 12 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. And verse 12, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Mm. So what is he asking of us? According to, to not only these verses, but according to, we can say, the, the systematic theology of the Bible. Yeah. What is he asking of us? He's asking us not to be ashamed. Yeah. That there's a there there's a certain level that if you claim to be a Christian and you claim to be of Jesus, that you own that identity in the same way that one would own a sports team identity, uh, <laughs> or similar perhaps. You know, you you carry you wear the jersey proudly. Um, you know the stats. You watch the games and everything. God says that's that's what I want from you yeah. is is owning that that identity. Uh, and I love the just the poetic comparison. You know, we're looking at Moses, and then um, kind of the 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 audience of who the Hebrew the Book of Hebrews is written towards, of that there there might be a moment of I don't know if I w- want to own that because the the way of Jesus seems difficult sometimes, and there's reproach and there's persecution, and that's difficult. But that compared to the glorious and Paul uh, does this a lot that compared to the glorious riches of, of what's to come, that there is no comparison that even, even the, the worst time with Jesus is better than the best without him. Mm. You know, and that's exactly right. And I, as, as you we were saying that, and as I was thinking a little bit more showed us what he did for us. And now what are you, what are you going to do in return? Mm-hmm. And this is not out of obligation, mm-hmm. but this is, you know, in order to not be ashamed, mm-hmm. this is out of love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he's asking us, and I think, uh, is, has that series ended yet? But 
uh, uh, righteousness by what? By heart. By heart, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That comes along with not being ashamed. That mm -hmm. comes along with, with mm -hmm. confessing, confession, mm -hmm. right? So all those things are, are put together. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of building off that a little bit, uh, Tuesday's lesson, I think it's kind of delving into the flesh and blood like us. I think that's just the same idea, but a it little is. bit more in depth. And, mm -hmm. and I love this because the passages here... And there's a whole uh, selection of them from Matthew, Galatians, Corinthians, and Ephesians. I'm actually going to pick on you, Michael, to, to if you can get that Ephesians one ready. Gotcha. Uh, and um, I'm going to start off with Matthew 16, 17. It says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So mm. this expression here. Uh, and and so we're trying to unpack this a little bit because the same expression is used uh, with Christ. But let's uh, go ahead, Michael. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And a couple of these other passages, I'm going to just briefly allude to Galatians 1.16. It talks about uh, and, and, and it's Paul, Pastor Paul here, uh, says that he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So it's talking about this flesh and blood, but the proclamation mm -hmm. of that flesh and blood. So mm -hmm. uh, here we have just some great examples of how Jesus was like us. Um, you know, I think part of the problem of sin and living in a sinful world yes, is sir. this concept of othering we we try to separate we remove mm. agency and opportunity from people and and the best way that we can do that is is we see the differences and we sometimes we create those differences even when they're not there uh, and so mm. we look for anything that we can whether it's a different socioeconomic or Mm -hmm. um, gender and race. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just working on this paper right now. Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit controversial. It probably it might even get a few people upset. Uh, <laughs> it's on the, the history of Adventists and the Ku Klux Klan ah, in the yeah. 1920s, right? Wow. So, and, and, and not all Adventists were in the, into the Klan, so I just want a little disclaimer here, but there were some who did. And how did we get from a church that was abolitionist in the 19th century to a church in the 20th century that's segregationist. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. part of what happened, I mean, there, it's a complicated story and we don't have time for that today with this podcast, but, but probably the most significant thing was people began to separate and other, that people are different from me. And so then therefore either they're a threat and need to be somehow right. handled or managed. That's what the Klan was all about. They were very nationalistic. They were for private education. They were for religious liberty, if you happen mm -hmm. to be Protestant. And uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> some of these kinds of things. And, and so just like any group, people got caught up into that nationalism and that othering, separating. And, and mm -hmm. what scripture teaches us and what I think this lesson does a superb job helping us understand is Jesus is in the business of breaking down barriers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and huge. so when you see that and you get that, um, nothing's more antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the true authentic gospel of Jesus Christ, than the Ku Klux Klan or anything else like that. It's, mm. not, it's not to shame them or even the people a hundred years ago that were part of this, but but it allows us that lens to see how easy it is for us to get caught up 
into these kinds of nationalistic fervor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes in at the time, probably many of them didn't even fully realize the implications of all of that for, you know, race and gender and everything else that that I personally find so very deeply offensive. But here we have an example. This is antithetical to the gospel. Yeah. Jesus shows us the very complete opposite. And that's why I shared that because Jesus became one of us. Amen. Yeah. He one yeah. of us. Amen. Yeah. Human being. Yeah. Emmanuel. And that's incredible. Yeah. And so that's what this story is all about. And Hebrews is all about is this reminder Jesus is with us. And mm-hmm. and and one of the ways we know that this is authentic, this is real, it's not just kind of looked like us. That's one of the early church heresies. He just yeah. kind of was like a <laughs> phantom, you know. Maybe on the outside, this sort of... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like in Star Wars or something, you know. Uh, but here we have this authenticity and, and we know it through uh, suffering. So Buster, help us with that. You know, perfect it through sufferings. And Michael, once again, uh, Gibson, I'm going to ask you to, to help us out with Hebrews 2, 10, 17, and 18. Okay. And it asks this, this, this strange question. What was the function of suffering in, the, in Jesus' life? Huh. Uh, and I, I think by looking at his life, and I, I call it a strange question just because sometimes it's just synonymous, right? A mm-hmm. uh, man of sorrows. We are mm-hmm. acquainted with our grief. Mm-hmm. But there is an intentionality behind his suffering, mm-hmm. which is there's intentionality in, in our suffering as well. Uh, sometimes it's a result of sin. We get that. Yeah. But what it can cause us to become, mm-hmm. the strength that can come from suffering is something that we don't want to overlook. So, uh, yeah. Michael, please uh, look that look at that for us. Hebrews chapter two, verse ten. For it was fitting for him, from whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. In verse seventeen, therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in Amen. things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Ooh, he's able to aid those who are tempted, right? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Uh, And this is uh, paired with uh, Hebrews chapter 5, 8, and 9. that say, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And so we see here. He went through what we're going through, but he also became that once again that trendsetter of of this is how mm-hmm. this is how to live, and don't just obey me isomerally, but obey me because I know the best way. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, if if I ask directions somewhere that I've never been, and either one of you tell me, well, I've been there a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I get there? Oh, well, I, I, this guy over here says he's been there once. So I'm going to listen to him rather than you that, <laughs> that have driven this trail a thousand times, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah. to listen to you. And so he's saying, listen to me because I know best. I know mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Follow me. I am literally the way, the truth, and the life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add to that, uh, Gibson? I think on a on a personal level, just to think through the the emotions and human experience that Jesus had. And then to think of my own life, that there's nothing that I'm going through that Jesus himself has not experienced. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, the, mm. the, the, the immediate details are different, of course, but he can completely and wholly empathize with where I'm at in life. 
because he's been there once before. Of course, and yeah. to serve a God that is is transcendent. You mm-hmm. know, we don't. There's not this gap anymore between this <laughs> huge divine being and us. And like, well, please don't kill us, right? He is the bridge as well. He's the great bridge. He's the mm-hmm. mediator. He's the one that stands in between. Mm-hmm. And because he was willing to become one of us, then for me, it just it's hard to wrap words about it, but I just want to hug him. Yeah. You know, I just, I just like, mm-hmm. ah, like you're, yeah. you're my brother. Yeah. yeah. The bridge who still is one of us and yet is still God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it like, it boggles my mind to think about it. I think it's, it's beautiful. It's poetic. Every story writer should cop this story. And I think to a certain extent they <laughs> They've do. tried. They've tried. Yes. They don't fully do it justice. Um, but Jesus is, is so much more than I, I, I think sometimes our church makes him out to be or yeah. mm-hmm. literature makes him out to be. Like he is the man. He's our brother. Yes. He's the guy that fully human, fully God is able to stand as our representative before God and also be intimately acquainted with us and Amen. with who we are. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Man, you know, as we're as we're looking at that, uh Michael, I wanted you to go ahead and lead us to Thursday's lesson, the brother as a model. Especially with Jesus being that great bridge once again. Yeah, I love it. And it just starts out, dives in, uh, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. So I'm not, I'm not going to pick on, on Pastor Michael. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready. Hey, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's ready? Okay, go He's bringing out his Bible drill Therefore, skills again. <laughs> well, you know, when you have an iPad, and you, oh, never mind. <laughs> Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Oh the author and perfecter of our faith, maybe it will load for me, um, who for the joy set before us or set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. The, when technology, you know, it's faster, but I clicked you know, the more right. button and it didn't expand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't it. as ready as I thought. <laughs> well, you know, I just Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to think out loud to myself here, and you know, feel free to chime in, um, Buster and Pastor Michael. But you know, of role models in my life, people mm. that have been very influential, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the people that we look up to, and those can be all kinds of different role models, whether you know, sports teams or an athlete that that we look up to, and say, "Wow, that's just incredible what they're able to accomplish," or you know, role models academically or... I, I think we all three share one in this room. Uh, Bill Kilgore, right? Mm, yeah, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Relational, but also a great scholar. Yes, yes, so yes. What a, yeah. what a role model on our campus. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, so we could just go on through, you know, I like Adventist history. You could look at various role models in our mm-hmm. Adventist past. Yes. Mm-hmm. You no, know, of course they weren't perfect, but uh, <laughs> you have to deeply admire the kind of convictions that, that some of those early Adventist pioneers had, the sacrifice, yeah. uh, the, the, the sense of uh, commitment. Um, the image of one of the pioneers I have of Jane Andrews uh, comes from a oral history statement where they, they said that there were patches upon patches on their suit a musty sense of a, a green sheen to the suit because it's so old and worn. <laughs> but on his on the knees were patches upon patches, wow. and that's always stuck in my mind. 
um, as a role model, not just of, of the articles and all the accomplishments in terms of organizationally, but but also prayerfully in terms of mm. uh, spirituality mm-hmm. that was very deep and abiding. And that's not the kind of thing that they would go around boasting about. No. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing that yeah. you pick up as you listen to people. What did you remember about those early Adventist pioneers? And yeah. and I admire that. They, they were committed. They lived out their faith in terms of their prayer lives, in terms of their commitment to scripture, uh, exactly. Those kinds of mm-hmm. things, you know. I don't know. Can you guys think of some role models in in, in your lives or that that have been influential for you? No, you 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 said it exactly. I I know there's some people like uh, some of their books I love to read. I mm-hmm. uh, in hearing the authorship, I just convinced a young lady this morning to like Ellen White. Uh, she oh, said wow. she yeah. said my my she's like I hate this image that people share. Where she's like she she's like she's such this timid shy woman. It's like really because. As a reader about history, it's like there's yeah. times where she's banished to different places, uh, such yeah. as Australia, because she wouldn't be quiet. Yeah. When God told yep. her to speak, she spoke yep. up. And she's like, you know, I think I'll give her a chance. I'm going to read that book you told me about, Steps to Christ, right? Wow. Uh, and so, you know, she's one of my she's one of my models, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, recognize her life. But so was her husband, James. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're, you're exactly right, Michael. And then you have those Bill Kilgores. They're in my life that still calls and checks up on me, and I call and check up on him. And <laughs> yeah, still can't believe it. I mean, over Christmas break, he's sending a text, "Hey, Michael, how are you doing?" You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merry exactly. Christmas. Yep. I'm exactly. thinking, yep. what what a caring person. And, and I think <laughs> I want to be more like that. I want to be more like Jesus, most of all. But I yeah. want to have that personal touch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, on a on a personal level, I know this isn't everybody's ex- experience. Uh, I've been blessed with uh, a role model in my dad. Mm. Uh, yes. I look Very up good. to him. Um, 25 years of pastoral ministry that mm-hmm. he served in, you know, what didn't, wasn't always a follower of Jesus. Um, but God got a hold of him and he had a way of teaching me about God. Um, mm-hmm. and the way I, I do my devotional life, uh, now as I'm an adult is modeled after the way I saw my dad doing it when wow. I was a kid. That's awesome. Um, I check in with him regularly mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. ask questions and see his perspective on things. And I learned from him and he learns from me. Um, and it's kind of kind of cool to to see him um, in that way. So that's the the biggest one in my mind that that pops out, along with everybody else. You yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's amazing. That's so good to hear. And and the most important role model is is Jesus. I think that's the mm-hmm. whole point of this mm-hmm. lesson. Jesus is uh, the brother. He's the model for us, and therefore he's able to understand us, and we can trust him. We can yeah. turn to him yeah. when it comes to our challenges in our lives, Author whatever they may be. faith, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and there's craziness happening in the world around us. I talked about my best friend's house that burned down. You know, no, God doesn't promise that he, you know, prosperity and, and that, you know, he gives us one day at a time. We need to cherish yeah. and embrace that to the yeah. best of our ability. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and as we go through that journey of life, um, then we can have confidence and say, you know, Jesus will be with us no matter no matter what. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, it, it, to, to kind of tack on to that, uh, like you mentioned, Michael, that God doesn't promise like the easy life. Yeah. But he promises that he will go with us. Exactly. So like whatever we're facing, whatever mm. whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever house burning down, whatever mm-hmm. rent payment that's due, whatever school payment, mm-hmm. that, whatever, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. God promises that he will walk with us. Mm. And he promised that so much and believed the promise so much that he was willing to physically do it mm. in Emmanuel, God with us, our brother, Jesus, who he came to send to come to this world and walk with us in a very literal way. Amen. Beautiful. 
Well, I don't even have anything to add to that. No, I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say thank you to Pastor Michael. I've been blessed by your ministry here at the Keene Church and on campus. Yeah, so have a lot of students, so we appreciate you. My pleasure. It's been fun. Yes. We'll put a wrap for this week. So this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.